largest island in the world. And to give you a little perspective on just how big Madagascar is, because oftentimes when someone uses the word island, the first thing that comes into your mind is something small, maybe, maybe like Gilligan's Island or something like that. The reality is, if you could position Madagascar in the United States from north to south, Madagascar would stretch approximately from Minneapolis, Minnesota in the north to Houston, Texas in the south. It's a very large island, over a thousand miles long, with one of the fastest growing populations in Africa today. Madagascar is a very needy country. As according to the World Bank, it is the sixth poorest nation in the world. Now, I know we have poor in America, but my friends, you have not seen poverty till you walk the streets that we walk because there they have no access. The average family, the average family, I don't know if you would consider yourself an average family in America or not. The average family in Madagascar has to exist on a dollar a day, less than $400 a year. How do you think you could survive on $400 or less a year? Though, as you can obviously tell, survival is a key to, on the minds of the people there. And when we minister to them, that's obviously one of the areas that we take under uh, address those needs. They're also a very spiritually needed country, as the vast majority of the people who live in the island of Madagascar are totally lost bound under the negative influence of several demonic religions, one of them being animism. 82% of everybody on the island of Madagascar would call themselves an animist. And what that means, that religion is where the people worship the spirits of their dead ancestors through the medium and control of witch doctors. Some of you have heard of witch doctors, I think. We're going to tell you a story a little bit about that tonight but also because of the negative influence of Islam. We have Muslims who live in the northern part of our country, and they are trying to spread their Muslim faith throughout the island. And because of these things, Madagascar is a very spiritually dark place. As of the 24 tribes that live there, most of the tribes are unreached, some having no access to the gospel yet at all. God has called my wife and I to address the needs of the people of Madagascar by helping to evangelize the lost and unreached through church planting. And you notice I made a distinction there between the lost and the unreached. Do you know what the difference between the two are? Lost are people who've heard the gospel but have not accepted or they have not yet made that decision. The unreached are those who are yet to hear the name of Jesus Christ for the very first time. There are many unreached people in the island of Madagascar. And the way we try to help evangelize the lost and unreached people is through planting churches. But the way we go about it is a little bit different. My wife and I have been missionaries in Africa for 26 years. And during those years, we planted a lot of churches. And through that process, we learned a number of very important things. One of them is, if we plant a church, we have one church. But how many know if you can raise up and multiply church leaders 
who have and understand your passion for reaching unreached people groups, use your strategy that has a proven track record of working in Africa, and then add to that our leadership focus, and then you train them through our church planner training schools, which we run in the country of Madagascar and through our Bible schools, and then send them out to plant churches. Then you can plant many, many more churches. And that's how we evangelize lost people in Africa is through church planting. Because in most of the areas where we go, there is no church. There is no church of any kind. As I like to say, of any denomination or abomination. They just, I'm not talking about Barack Obama, by the way. They just don't exist. So when we go, if we want to evangelize lost people, we have to plant a church so they immediately have a pastor and someone to help them grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So through this process, as a result of this, God has helped us in the last three years through these church planters who have gone out and Bible school students, and the Lord has helped us to plant 52 new churches, many of them in areas where there were no churches, and five of those churches have been planted in the Muslim north. We are not waiting for the Muslims to come to us. We're taking Jesus to the Muslims. And I'm happy to tell you that Muslims are receiving Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord, and this is a wonderful thing. So God is helping our ministry to make a difference in people's lives. But all that is being accomplished there would not even be possible if it wasn't for people and churches just like you who are willing to help us by partnering with our ministry in three specific areas. One, through new monthly support and increased uh, support from those churches or people who already support us. You see, every time we come home, at least it has been for my wife and I, every time we come home, our, our bosses always like to raise our account up more than it was before, so we have to come back and raise more money. Somebody say, well, why would you need more money? Because in many places of the world, it costs a lot more to live there than it does here. I tell you, since I've been home, Pastor Joe, I've been shocked. In fact, I get excited every time I go to a fuel station when I see $1.99. Today in Columbus, Ohio, I saw $1.97 for a gallon of gas, and every time I see that, I go, woohoo! I say, it's, it's great to be in America, hallelujah. You know, you're blessed. How do you know you're blessed to live in this country? You should always thank God for where you live and pray for the prosperity and the blessing of God on our country. But where we live in Madagascar, a gallon of gas is between five and six dollars a gallon. So you see, it takes a lot of resources, especially when you have runaway inflation as goes on in many of these third world countries in Africa. So we need to raise up some more money, and thank you for praying for that. In light of that, I want to say thank you to this church. As Pastor Joe has already uh, indicated, I want you to know how much we appreciate Byesville Assembly of God. You have been so faithful to help support our ministry on a monthly basis from this church for 25 years. I think this is a good point for you to give yourselves a hand. Yeah, clap for yourselves. Wow, that's phenomenal. And God has been using us together in partnership to help reach the lost of this world and impact this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll be sharing a little bit more how that is happening as we proceed with the message. 
But we also not only need new monthly support and increased monthly support, but we also need prayer support. How many know ongoing prayer support? How many know prayer moves the hand of God? And how many know God moves the world? So as God's people pray, great things can be accomplished for the work of the kingdom of God. I mean, God can open effective doors of ministry. God can bless and protect us. God has blessed and protected my wife when she was held at gunpoint in the country of Burundi. And a man had her pinned against the wall. Five guys, one man inside with a pistol in her face. And said, now I'm going to steal everything I want. I mean, no, that's a good time when you hope somebody is being listening to the Holy Spirit and as God leads them, they will remember you in prayer. Well, I can't go into the whole story. I'll just simply say, in the end of the story, that man saw an angel. There was a lady praying. Woke, God woke her up in the middle of the night and told her, pray for Meg. She's in trouble. And God sent an angel. This Meg never saw it. I wasn't there. But she saw it. And he ran in abject fear from a woman who had no gun or anything. He never stole anything. They never did. And he just were gone. How many know there's a God in heaven? who knows how to minister to us in our time and our hour of need. So that's what can happen when God's people pray. So thank you for remembering us in prayer. On our display, we have what is called prayer cards. I like to refer to them as prayer reminders because their purpose is not just to remind you how much older we look than the last prayer card you had, but rather to remind you to pray for the Thacker family and their ministry in Africa. Thanks you so much. Please feel free to take as many of these as you would like. Place them in places where you like to pray. And as God brings you to our heart, we will so appreciate your prayers. And what's that, honey? Yes, yes. Thank you for that. And that too. And that too. And uh, so thank you for remembering us in prayer. And uh, the third thing is we need cash support to help us with cash offerings. We'll be having a cash offering later on in the service at the end tonight. But I want you to know that, uh, you see, we are trying to raise funds for a, a church planting project, which we are engaged and involved in. And it takes resources, like I told you earlier, to be able to do the work of God. You see, our, our hope and desire is when we go back, and if the ability of the church is in the right place, to be able to do this to help our new churches that are being planted as God wills to help build church buildings. Now, Pastor Joe, I know you've been here 11 years, and I know you guys have been doing a great job here. But, I, you know, we can build a church for about $7,500. Now, I know you cannot do that here in Byesville, Ohio. But we build a church African-style and we're able to do it for $7,500. I will see approximately between 250 and 300 people. So for that to be possible, though, we need your help. We need supporters like Gideon's visionary army of 300. In Judges chapter 7, verses 4 through 25, God surrounded Gideon through a process of elimination with an army of 300 visionary supporters, which Gideon didn't think would be enough, but God knew it would. Do you know why? Because 300 plus God makes a majority. How many know that? Every time. It doesn't even matter how many when God is there. It makes all the difference. And God used those visionary 300 to help Gideon 
fulfill God's vision of bringing deliverance and salvation to the nation of Israel. We are also asking for 300 visionary people and churches to join hands with us and our ministry by giving a one-time cash gift of $500 each so that we can continue our vision of bringing evangelism, church planting, and spiritual transformation to the people of Africa. So we'd ask you tonight to please help Megan and I continue to build the church in Africa by becoming one of those visionary 300. Thank you for allowing us to share that with you tonight. I'm going to share something from the Word also, but before I do, now that my wife has made it back from wherever she was, we're so happy that you're here. Why don't you come and bring us uh, a thought? Hello, it's good to be with you. I am so grateful to God that he saw fit to allow us to go back to Africa. I am South African born, that's why I have the funny accent. Uh, but um, I am so grateful to God. You know, when you give your life to God, and I see some young people here, I would encourage you to dream big. You've only got one life, guys, and you can only take to heaven people. You can't take money, you can't take houses, you can't take cars, etc., etc., etc. But you can take people. And I'm so glad that God has allowed me, a young girl just from South Africa, you know, I never ever dreamed that God would be kind enough to let me become a missionary. And I'm so grateful that he did. And we have had a very, very exciting time, not without its challenges, I might add. <laughs> and Jim shared that with you. But I really would encourage you to, to dream about what God wants you to do with your life. And I thank you so much. You have no idea how important it is that we can rely on you each month <laughs> for that monthly support. That's what, that's what keeps us going financially. That's what puts the food on our table in that country. It's what puts the, the gas, not petrol, but you know, it's gas, <laughs> in the car. It, it turns on the lights at the Bible school. Thank you so much. I really, really wanted to just say you are to be commended. 25 years as partners with us. And when we get to heaven, we won't be getting all the glory, guys. <laughs> you will be part of our team. And when we stand before God, we'll all cast our crowns before him. So thank you so much for your faithfulness. And we have, oh, yes, I always forget the display. I spend all that time putting it up, and then I forget it. <laughs> if you would... Uh, Please stop by our table. Our um, orphanage kids have made the earrings and the bracelets and a couple other things out there. We'd appreciate your support. Just come and spend all your money, please. Amen. Thanks, Amen. And uh, we are privileged also in Madagascar to be able to work for some other very wonderful Ohio missionaries that some of you know very well, Jay and Carrie Rostifer. They are there, they're a great people, and we make a great team, and it's so awesome to have people together who work together in the work. But Meg and I, when we came home this time, we decided we wanted to do something different.
Because whenever missionaries come to your church, of course, they share what they're doing and they ask for resources. Why? Because it takes money to do anything. How many know it takes money to, 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 for this church to operate? It takes money, tithes and offerings coming into your church to be able to fulfill the ministry that God has given you. So also, it takes that to happen on the mission field. But when Meg and I came home this time, we decided we're not just going to only come and ask you for money, which we do, but to also give you something in return, money. We're giving you money from the country of Madagascar. In my hand is the currency of the country of Madagascar. It is called Ari Ari. And this is a hundred Ari Ari note. It's legal tender. If you come to Madagascar, and please do come to Madagascar, you are welcome to bring this with you, and you can spend it there. You can't buy very much with it, but you can spend it there. And so what we were, as a token of our appreciation for all the things you have done, all the years you have supported us, all the prayers you have prayed, we would say and, and want to give these to you as a token of our appreciation. And uh, as Megan and I like to say, we want to give you our two cents worth. Because when you do the foreign exchange from U.S. dollar to Ariari, this is worth about 3.5 U.S. cents. So don't get real excited and think I'm going to go leave here tonight and get a really big steak at some restaurant around here. Because before you're done, I assure you, if you try to pay with this, you'll probably be washing dishes the rest of the night. So just enjoy it. It's our token of our appreciation. Take these with you as a reminder to our way of saying thank you and also to remember to pray for the Thackers and the ministry in the country of Madagascar. Now, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I want to thank Pastor Joe for the opportunity to be here tonight to minister the word of God and the leaders of the church. It's an honor for Meg and I to be here tonight. Romans chapter 1. How many know you have a wonderful pastor? Yeah, I mean, let's clap for Joe. Let's be in a clapping mood tonight. How about that? Yeah. Wonderful. God has blessed you with wonderful leadership in your church, and we thank God for it. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I love the powerful truth that the Apostle Paul presents in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 when he boldly declares, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Paul was not ashamed because he understood and knew from experience that the gospel has great power to save and to change people's lives for the better and for eternity. That's the power of the gospel. Through this same verse, I believe God wants us to realize and experience that the gospel has awesome power and can help deliver people's lives, set people free from Satan's negative control and hindrances in their lives, hindrance from receiving Jesus Christ. To help us better understand these truths, I'd like to share with you two reasons which illustrate why the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So, first, I want to say tonight that the gospel is the power of God because it can transform lives. 
I've had the privilege with my wife of traveling to many countries of the world, especially in Africa. And I can tell you with certainty that everywhere the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, even among Muslims, people's lives will be transformed. Why? Because it is the power of God. That's what Paul is saying here in the text. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. You see, God had a plan from the beginning for people to come to know him was through the preaching of the word of God, through the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as it is shared, it has God's anointing on it. And it can break the barriers down in people's lives that keep them from receiving Jesus Christ. So it is, just as Paul said, the very power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. But not only for individuals, but even entire societies can be transformed by the power of the gospel as it is shared and begins to influence and change one by one people's lives until the whole society begins to be influenced like yeast within leaven and begins to change the whole dough. The bread becomes something different because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. America has years to thank God for our country because we've seen the influence of God's blessings, God's power, God's gospel, and what it's done to affect our society through these years. Unfortunately, there are many people today who want to forget that, and they want to leave those moorings of the grace of God that we build our society upon. Let us never forget to ask God to help our nation stay faithful and true to God. How many can say amen to that? Even if our government does not choose to walk that direction, we are called as the church of Jesus Christ to continue to faithfully believe God to help us influence our society with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people have suggested that Madagascar is a classic example of culture gone wrong because their leaders did not build their society on a foundation of biblical truth. Rather, they built their society upon their negative, demonic, cultural values, which is in part the societal reasons today that in the country of Madagascar, underage children, both boys and girls, are being trafficked for sexual exploitation and prostitution in the country of Madagascar. This is also the reason, according to the World Health Organization, that Madagascar has one of the highest rates of sexually transmitted diseases in all of Africa. This is also the reason why entire areas of our country are given over to lawlessness. The government of Madagascar calls these areas or zones the red zones. And these are areas where neither the police nor the army have control of the area, but rather thieves and bandits and desperados whose only desire is to steal and rob and kill people. The people of Madagascar are desperate to have their lives and their society changed and transformed by the power of the gospel. And you know what? With God's help, it can be done. We believe that. And one example 
of how God can change and transform a life is found in the story of a man who was a master thief in Madagascar whose name was Babeli. I told you just previous that in the country of Madagascar, we have these areas that are called red zones that neither the police or army are in control of. In fact, the areas are so lawless that the police will not allow you to go in there without a police escort to transport your vehicles in for safety reasons. Because if they don't, there's a good chance they will rob you, they will steal your vehicle, or they may kill you in the process. Very, very dangerous areas. And the fact of the matter is, is that these red zones are where some of the most unreached tribes of Madagascar are located. We have 24 tribes in the nation of Madagascar, and many of those are unreached. And these areas are a part of those zones where they live. But Jesus said, even though those areas are dangerous, Jesus said in Matthew 28, and what did he tell us to do? Go into all the world. Or did he say go into the safe places of the world? All the world and we are to share and make disciples of all nations, meaning all ethnic groups or people groups. So the Lord wants us to go even into those red zones and share Jesus Christ with the unreached tribes. Well, the problem is they're not nice people. The problem is they don't want to hear the message. The problem is they're not interested in becoming changed and transformed by the power of God. But how do you know God really doesn't care about all that? God wants to change, and he will transform lives by the powerful gospel that we share. This, one of our church planters had a burden to go into one of these red zone areas in the rainforest area of Madagascar. We have one of the largest natural rainforest in the entire world found on the island of Madagascar. And he went in there to start a church in a village called Karianza among a tribal group that was unreached. And when he did, what he did not know is in that village was the master thief. I told you in those red zones, they are thieves. They, they steal, they rob, they kill people. In fact, several of the tribes in Madagascar, the aspirations of mothers and fathers is for their sons to become one of two things. Now imagine this. I was talking with our chaplain here, Brother Black, before the service, and cultures vary from place to place in the world, don't they? There's, there's personal cultures, ethnic cultures, organizational cultures that they play into that. But in Madagascar, some of our tribes, they only want their boys to be one of two things when they mature and grow up. And that is either one, to be a thief or an assassin. A thief or an assassin. Can you imagine Living in an area where everybody around you is either a thief or an assassin? <laughs> How would you like? No, I'm not talking about Cleveland. I'm, said, I'm, I'm talking about Madagascar right now. How would you like living in an area like that? Well, in that village of Carianza, the very best thief that that tribe had lived there. They called him the master thief, and his name was Babeli. Babeli was the best thief of them all because he had stolen so much stuff and never got caught, ever. He had gone into villages and wiped out the entire tribe, going in with others of his kind, and they would shoot everybody in the village dead, every man, every woman, and every child. And then whatever was left, they would steal it and take it back to their own area. That's a nice guy, isn't he? And he was the model. He was the one all these parents wanted their children to grow up 
to be like him. How many know everybody has one of the guys? You know the guy, the guy that in every culture someone says, look at him, he's so successful, he's got this, he's got that. And how many know there's, they, you have those people in every culture. But in that culture, but Bailey was the guy that they wanted everybody else to be like. Can you imagine? And so our church planter goes into this village to begin to plant and preach Jesus Christ for the first time. It was the first time this village was hearing the name of Jesus Christ spoken. Can you imagine going to some place in the world where they've never heard the name of Jesus? And when you share it, they're hearing it for the first time and to watch their eyes as they try to process what you're talking about because they've never, it's, it's beyond their comprehension. And then you share Christ. The beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that it's anointed by the power of God. So even though they have no context, even though they don't understand what you're talking about, who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit has a way of anointing the message of Jesus Christ that breaks the barriers, the lack of understanding, the confusion, the resistance down and to penetrate them with the power of God, the love of Jesus Christ. As he shared that day, as he shared that day, Babeli came to hear him preach. Now imagine all the people in the village came out to hear this man preach. Now, you would think, wow, I must be a great preacher. Everybody's come to hear me preach. No, 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 no. They were not there because they were interested in hearing about Jesus. They didn't know who Jesus was. They were there because they said, can you imagine how lucky we are today? We don't even have to go somewhere to steal something. This guy has come to us. It's like a drive-through. Man, they've got ready. They can just steal right from him on the spot, and that will be so easy for them. They came to see what he had to be stolen. That's why they were there. How would you like to go preach? And the only people coming were those who wanted to steal something from you. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Hey, Joe, aren't you happy? You don't have to worry about that on Sunday morning when you're preaching here at the church. Whew. So, but Bailey shows up on that first day with all the other people of the tribe. And as he was listening to our church planter preach, as he shared the powerful message of Jesus Christ. He told them how Jesus died for the sins of everybody on the earth and how because of his blood was shed, he can forgive sin and whosoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved and he will save you from a life that has no peace, no joy, no contentment, no purpose. Jesus will transform your life if you will accept him. He'll give you a brand new start. And as he shared that message that day, even though they did not understand, it's like God by the Holy Spirit took a crossbow and he pulled it back and he looked right at Babele and he let the arrow go and it penetrated him deep inside himself. What no one knew is that Babele was a man who was empty on the inside. How many know all the people that look like they got it together on the outside are usually the loneliest people on the face of the earth? They got everything in material goods and they have nothing of eternal value. And their lives are empty. Their lives aren't full of joy. Their lives are not full of happiness or contentment. They're facing problems and issues all the time. And that's what Babeli was facing. In fact, Babeli didn't even enjoy stealing. He only did it because it gave him status in the society. But he received no contentment from the things he stole. So when our church planter shared that message that day, God, by the Holy Spirit, hit him right on target. And he felt conviction. He had no idea what it was. But he felt convicted. He told all the other thieves, no, don't bother this guy. He's mine. 
And for the next day, Babele came back to hear him preach about Jesus again. And he listened as he shared more and more about what Jesus could do for them, how he would change their lives, how he would transform them as he shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. On the third day, he came back again, and he listened about the message of Jesus. And on that day, our church planter thought, now they've got enough knowledge of who Jesus is, I'll give an invitation. And he opened up, you don't think of a church in an altar, because we're preaching under trees. We're out there in the bush because there are no churches, no buildings, no churches of any kind. So he's preached and he gave an invitation for people to come and receive Jesus. And Babele was the first to move. When the other thieves saw him, they said, watch. Oh, this is going to be beautiful. The master's at work. He's going to walk up to that man thinking he's interested in something. And when he gets there, bam, he's going to hit him and that will be the end of it. He'll rob and steal everything that guy has to offer. They'll turn him every which way but loose, and he'll run away and never come back to our village again. But when Babele got up to where our church planter was, he grabbed him by the hand, and he forced him to put his hand on his head. And he said, if your Jesus can do half of what you said he can do in my life over these last three days, then I'm ready to commit my life to that Jesus. That day, our church planner led him into receiving Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. The love of God came into Babele's life. The transforming of power of Jesus came upon him, and this man was never going to be the same again. When he accepted Jesus Christ, he was so full of joy, so full of contentment, so full of happiness, the, the weight of sin was lifted off of his life. His life was transformed. He started immediately telling other people about Jesus. You need to know this Jesus that this guy's preaching about. It'll change your life. And he went from place to place, and he began to tell him he lost the desire to steal. He lost the desire to kill. And he told others in his tribe, stop killing and stop stealing. Listen, this Jesus will give you something better. He'll give you joy. He'll give you peace. He'll give you feel good on the inside. He was a new baby Christian. You know, he's doing the best he could do. And so he began to share. Well, how many you know when you live in a village among a tribe where everybody is a thief or an assassin? How many you know that message isn't going to go over very well? Well, they threatened to kill him. We got him out of the area. And uh, while he was gone, we have in several villages, we have what we call church planter training schools where they train to be prepared to go and do church planting in specifically unreached people groups with the strategy we use through our Bible schools, through our church planter training schools. And this man went to that school, Babele. And when he was done, he still felt a burden to go back to that same tribal area that he was from and to preach Jesus there. So he did. He went back to plant a church. And when he went in there, He's had a, he had a, Pastor Joe, he had a, a unique message. But remember, he's a young Christian, okay? So we'll give him a little grace. He had a unique message. He told him, hey, you guys, you know who I am. I'm Babele. I'm your model. You're the one. You, I'm the guy you want all your children to be like. And I'm the best thief that you know. But guess what? I met a thief who is better than me. And his name is Jesus. And how do I know he's a good thief? Because he was able to steal my heart. And with that message, he began to preach Jesus Christ. And today, Babele has a church of over 300 former thieves and assassins who have also found the joy, the love, the peace, and experienced the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And their lives are changed for eternity. No, can you imagine 
If God, through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the gospel, could change a thief and an assassin like Babele's life, what can he do through the gospel right here in Byesville, Ohio? One thing I've learned in my many, many years, both as a pastor and as a missionary, wherever you think the gospel cannot be preached, wherever you say that person is not able to receive Jesus, they're too hard, let me tell you, God delights to reach people just like that. Because there's no one that God cannot save through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God to change people just like Babele. How many know every one of us sitting in this room is a trophy of the grace of God? Where one day somebody shared the message of Jesus with us and it changed our lives. And while we may not be everything we want to be, thank God we're not what we used to be. And how many know that's a whole lot better off than where we were? Hallelujah. That's the power of the gospel. I could tell you my own testimony. I was a bad boy. I hate to say that. My mother was not happy with me. I was a very bad boy. I was a good sinner, though. I wasn't a good Christian. I was a good sinner. I was always, I'm one of these guys who live life on the edge. I always have. I believe you ought to go after life with all the gusto you can. Get everything. Squeeze it for everything you can get out of it. When I was a sinner, I was squeezing life for everything I could get out of it. And how many know when you run that kind of life, you're going to run to the end. Sooner or later, you're going to come to the end of yourself. And that's when the power of the gospel can change your life. And it changed mine. Friends, I'm here to tell you, we need to preach that same powerful gospel right here where we live. In this area where we have a ministry through this church. We need to continue. Every one of us need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you might say, but I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a preacher or a pastor. You don't have to be. If you don't know how to share the gospel, then just share your testimony of how Jesus changed your life. And friends, they can argue theology with you all day, but you share your testimony of a changed life, they can't argue with that. That can help change someone else. For the glory of God. Share your testimony. Let God use you in a powerful way to share this powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. But not only is the gospel the power of God because it can transform lives. But it's also the power of God because it can break and overcome the devil's uh, control and hindrances in people's life. We're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3 through 4. That Satan will try to do everything in his power to stop people from receiving salvation and growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He does this through trying to blind our eyes to the truth of the gospel so that we cannot understand it and we cannot believe it. There are a lot of blind people in our communities today. How many know that right here in America? A lot of people who just can't get the gospel. The reason they can't get it is because the God of this world has blinded their minds. And tries to hold them in bondage. He holds them in bondage through sin. He holds them in bondage through false religions. All of these things can cause that to happen. But how many know Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, says, but in John 8 and verse 36, for if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. That's what we need, the liberating power of Jesus Christ through his gospel. I know that Satan... He is just the opposite of Jesus Christ. In contrast, the devil has come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy us by destroying our families, by destroying our marriages, 
by destroying our spiritual lives itself, by destroying our future hope in God. But Jesus Christ has come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Jesus has come to break Satan's control over people's lives and to liberate them from the things that hold them, the hindrances in their lives that hold them back. That's what the power of the gospel can do. If we don't believe that, we shouldn't be preaching it because God takes sinners like me and he changes me into a different person. Oh, I, I, I believe in the power of the gospel, my friend. I know what God can do. And to give you a little testimony of God's liberating power over those who are being bound by Satan, there was a witch doctor in Madagascar whose name was Jean-Claude. You see, I told you earlier that in Madagascar, 82% of the people in that country are animist, meaning they worship the spirits of their dead ancestors. Whether it be a great-great-grandmother or great-great-grandfather, they worship them because they believe if they don't, the ancestors will curse them, and they will curse their crops. They won't grow. They'll curse their children, and they will die. They'll cause women to miscarriage. All those problems is because of things they did not do right to appease the ancestral spirits. And it's the witch doctors who serve as the medium communicating between the living dead, they call them, and the living. And so the witch doctors tell them what they must do to appease the ancestral spirits. Well, we know as Christians that there is no spirits of the living dead out there. We know what they are actually worshiping is demonic spirits that's being paraded as something that's an ancestral spirit. And when you worship openly demonic spirits, what do you think is going to happen? Bad things, spiritual darkness, problems of all kinds are going to happen. And so these witch doctors help keep these people actually in bondage. So when we go to plant churches with through church planters who go, how many know they're going to run into confrontation with these witch doctors all the time? Because the witch doctors do not want the Christian message to come into their areas because they know where the gospel is preached, it will take people away from worshiping the ancestors and rather to worshiping Jesus Christ. Jean-Claude was one of these witch doctors. One of our church planters who had a bit of an aggressive spirit. I mean, he, he was one of those kind. Brother Joe, I think you're like this, actually. I think you may have a little bit of this in you. He's what I call the Jason Bourne kind of church planter. You know what I mean? By Jason Bourne's like the super spy guy. You know what I'm saying? They want to go where the people are the most resistant. They want to go where the mission is the toughest. They want to go where the witch doctors are the meanest. That's the kind of guy this guy was. He wanted to go, and he knew that Jean-Claude was one of those really powerful, evil witch doctors. So he wanted to go and plant a church in his area. Wow. We said, wait a minute, guy. You better pray and make sure the Holy Spirit is in that. How I many know you don't need to go looking for the devil? How I many know the devil will come looking for you? In fact, if you follow the ministry of Jesus, Pastor Joe, do you ever notice that in the Gospels? Everywhere Jesus went, demons manifested. You ever notice that? Do you know why that is? Because God's in the business of liberating people's lives from demonic bondage. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 6, it says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under power of the devil because God was with him. How I many know God has called us to do the very same thing today? 
We're helped to set people, the captives, free through the power of Jesus Christ. And as we preach the gospel, that liberation power that breaks the devil's control in people's lives can manifest. So our church planter goes into Jean-Claude's village and begins to preach the liberating power of Jesus Christ. Well, when the witch doctor found out that the church planter had come, the first thing he did was what all animists do who are supernatural and spiritist cultures. They make fetishes. They get material together and they put bones and they put other things and, and all kinds of stuff, concoctions, and, and they put it all together and then they curse it and then they send it to you. And it's like sort of like a lawyer in the United States. Then someone carries, someone carries the fetish of the witch doctor to the person and says, and now you have been served, right? Now, I'm not making a parallel between lawyers and witch doctors. I'm not, I'm not drawing that parallel here. I know you're laughing on that, but that's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> Maybe, but not really. So he cursed our church planter and his family who went with him. And the curse said that within three weeks, your family will have so many problems, so great sickness that you will have to leave the area and you will never return again. Our church planter and his family prayed in the name of Jesus. And they said, Lord Jesus, we know that you are more powerful than the witch doctor in this village. And there is no curse that you cannot break. So we are going to believe you, Lord, and let it be a testimony to those unsaved people here that the power of Jesus is greater than the power of the witch doctor. One week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. Nothing happened to our church planner or his family. They were totally well. The curse had been broken. Wow, that's exciting news. I told you I like this guy. I like that guy, Spunky. I like Spunky people. And I was in the military. I like my chaplain friend here. Brother Black, 26 years, 26 years as a chaplain in the U.S. Army. I was also in the U.S. Army. I was a Green Beret at the end of Vietnam. I was in special forces for a total of 16 years. I didn't get to the 26. Brother, you've got me on that one, I'll tell you that. But I, I, I say thank you for your service for Jesus, for service to God and to our country and for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for that. But I like people like that. I, li I, li I told you, I'm one of those, I'm on the edge guy. I like to be on the edge. I mean, if you're going to send, a, just don't send me average places. Send me really hard places. I guess that's why we're in Madagascar today. Hallelujah. You know, crazy people go places like that. I guess that's why I'm there. I'd like to have you come and join me. You say, no, I'm not crazy. But, oh, we'd love to have you come and join us there and work in Madagascar. It's a wonderful country. So when the witch doctor found out that the curse had been broken, he was not happy. So he put out a second curse. And in that curse, on the fetish, he sent to the pastor a second one and said, anybody who comes to hear you preach in the message that you are sharing, if they come, it will be at their own peril because their children will die. Well, how many know when you start touching someone's children, that gets real personal all of a sudden. Many of the people who were coming to hear our church planter preach backed away but some remained, and our church planter encouraged them, don't be afraid. If we pray together in the name of Jesus, you will see that God will break the curse of the witch doctor, and God will show you that Jesus is more powerful. They prayed. Some of them, the ones who didn't leave, stayed and prayed. One week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by. Nothing happened. There was no child even sick, nevertheless dead, and the curse had been broken again. 
the children, the people who left the hearing the preaching of Jesus, some of their family members got sick, but none who remained. I mean, no, Jesus, I think, sometimes has a sense of humor. Anyway, so now when the witch doctor Jean-Claude found out that the curse had been broken twice, he said, enough. I'm going to go there myself. I'm going to grab this guy by the nap of his neck. And with help from the elders of the village, we're going to throw this guy out, his family out, and that will be the end of it. One of the people heard about it and came to our church planner and told him, the witch doctor is coming for you. How do you know, wow, that's a time when you better know who you are in Jesus Christ because a confrontation is getting ready to take place. And he prayed. Our church planner called out to God, said, God, what do you want me to do? And the Lord spoke to him by the Holy Spirit and do not, that's the high name of Jesus always says that. The guy, angels, they say it. They all have the same message. Do not be afraid. Because this one is for the glory of God. He said, I've got this one handled. Don't worry about it. He said, but Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I will tell you when you need to know. I said, oh, I mean, no, God doesn't always. He'll tell us what he's, he's going to do something, but he doesn't tell us what he's going to do or when it's going to do it or when he wants us to do something. I mean, that's the way it often is with God. So our church planner was preaching to people, and then here comes the witch doctor. He came in person himself. And when all the people saw their witch doctor, they all ran away in abject fear because everyone walks in fear of the witch doctors. Your whole life is in their hands. They ran away. And there it was, just Jean-Claude, the witch doctor, and our church planter. And our church planter began to say to the Lord in prayer, Lord, now would be a good time to show up. Now is when I need you to speak to me. If you want me to do something, now is the time to speak. And here comes Jean-Claude. It was sort of like you get this picture in your mind in the spirit of the, it, it's the showdown at the OK Corral. It's like, do, do, do. They're just lining up. It's like, oh, God. When he got about as far as where you are, Brother Black, from where I am, he said, God, now you better say something. He said, Holy Spirit spoke to me instantly. and said, raise your hand, and all I want you to do is say, Jesus. Just say Jesus. He rose his hand, raised his hand, and said, Jesus. When he did that, the witch doctor Jean-Claude took one more step as he tells the story, and boom, he fell down to the ground. Bam, flat on his face, he hit the dirt. And, 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 and he bounced off the ground, and then he tried to get up, and an unseen power held him down on the ground so that he could not move. He was held under the power of God. You know, people are worrying about falling backwards. God can take you any direction he wants you to go. He was down on the ground, and he was shivering under the power of God, held helpless on the ground. And when all the people that just ran away saw their witch doctor, that powerful witch doctor, stuck on the ground, unable to move because of the name of Jesus, they all ran right back. And they threw themselves on the pastor and said, my God, if your Jesus can do that to our witch doctor, none of us have a hope. We throw ourselves on the mercy of God. We beg for mercy from God. That day, every single person received Jesus as their Savior. I'd like to say they did it because of a burden of sin. But hey, sometimes a good, healthy dose of fear helps to get people into the kingdom too. And after they had all prayed, our church planter went and picked up Jean-Claude by the arm and for the first time, he could now move. And when he got up, this is what Jean-Claude said. All of my life, 
I have served the ancestors, and I have known their power. But today, I've experienced a power greater than the ancestors. And from this day forward, I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. That day, that witch doctor Jean-Claude received Jesus as his Savior and Lord, and his life was changed, transformed by the power of the gospel. Two weeks later, he donated 20 acres of land for our church that was just getting started there to build a building on that land so that a church for Jesus could be there. And in that area, there are no other churches except us, the Assemblies of God. So when you say church in that area, do you know what they say? Assemblies of God, because they don't know any other church exists. And you know what? We're not going to tell them either. Hallelujah. And if God could deliver Jean-Claude from the power of the devil on his life and transform his life, is there anything God cannot do for us? When we face demonic oppression and demonic hindrances, can God not help us here in this church, outside this church, in the community? God can liberate people. I was in a church two weeks ago on a Sunday morning. I'll leave nameless in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, I just kind of told you where the church is. Anyway, and there on a Sunday morning, there was a group they brought in. No, I didn't know them. I had no idea who they were. We preached four drug addicts came forward and gave their life to Jesus Christ. And they all were prayed through to deliverance by the power of the gospel. That's the power of Jesus. He takes people whose lives are under the bondage of Satan, and he wants to set them free so they can live in freedom. They can live under the love of God. They can live in the mercy and grace that God gives. Only God can transform a life. That's the power of the gospel. And my friend, if God could deliver the life of a person like Babeli, a, a, a thief, and an assassin who had no value of life at all. And if he could transform a witch doctor who worked under the power of the devil directly, cannot God help us right here? I believe that he can. No, my friends, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people are trying to find other ways to get people to God. Friends, there is no other way. There is no other name given under heaven and earth by which man must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Let's let God use us. Let's let God help us to impact our community, our area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe if you will allow that, he will. Thank you for helping us to help continue to bring this powerful gospel to the country of Madagascar so that those who need delivered from the power of God can receive his help through Jesus' name. God bless you. Pastor Joe, would you come? Thank you. Thank you, brother. Powerful words tonight, amen. We're going to uh, receive an offering for our, for our guest and uh, ask you to sow a seed into their ministry tonight. And uh, we're just so grateful for what God's doing. And uh, we're grateful that we've been able to play a role in that, and uh, we thank, we thank the Lord for for the souls that have been saved and for lives that have been changed. Amen, amen. Father, tonight we just are grateful to be part of the kingdom work. God, that your kingdom is bigger than the four walls of this building, 
that your kingdom is worldwide and you are touching lives of people. And I'm so grateful that we get to play a role in that. And tonight I pray that as we receive this offering, God, let it sow a seed into the lives, into churches, into church plants, into the ministry of Jim and Meg Thacker. I pray, God, that you would bless them. I pray, God, continue to open doors of opportunity and financial blessing beyond anything that they even thought possible. God, that things would come in from venues and areas that that maybe they haven't even sown into but god you're in that and god you're moving in that god i pray just a bountiful blessing god that lives of people would be changed forever because of what you're going to do in madagascar we thank you for that tonight we give you honor and glory tonight as we give in jesus name amen god bless you as you give tonight um After the offering has been received, we will uh, close in prayer. Um, I'm going to ask our missionaries if they would. Um, if you guys want to hang out just back by the door and people can greet you um, back by their table. And uh, if you guys have some questions for them, you'd like to talk with them, I encourage you to do that tonight. They'll be just kind of back by their table, kind of in the foyer area there, and uh, encourage you to do that with, uh, with them this evening. Amen. Are you glad for their ministry tonight? Amen. Thank you so much. Yes. We want to say thank you to you. Everything that has happened in Madagascar or in other places would not have happened if it had not been for your faithfulness to pray and to give. We are truly laborers together with God. We can't do it without God, and we can't do it without you. So together we make a team, a powerful team that God can use in a synergistic way to transform lives for the glory of God. Thank you for all that you do. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Father, tonight we're grateful to be part of your work. And uh, I pray, God, that as we've been challenged this evening of not being ashamed of the gospel, God, that we would be active, not only in our giving, but in our going. God, that we would be uh, ambassadors of Jesus Christ throughout this community and to the circles of influence that you've given us and the people, God, that we want us to reach. Help us, God, to be bold and to have courage and to step forth and to proclaim the good news that has set us free. And we thank you, Lord, for that tonight. Bless us as we go. Give opportunities for us to, to, to share our faith with someone this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for being here tonight.